you have your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 2. In this Advent season, we are looking at the specific words that match up to some of your Advent wreaths and readings as you go through this time. And so this morning, we're looking at hope. And so again, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So let me give you the setting of the time. First, there's a cultural setting. And so it's a time in Jerusalem where there is, uh, it's unspiritual, it's profane. People are uh, going after their own ways. It's, they're under oppression from the people of Rome. And so they find themselves in a time where they uh, really don't care about the things. They're not looking for the Messiah to come. They're just going about their everyday, ordinary lives, trying to keep things afloat, trying to keep things uh, going as they find themselves in oppression uh, from people who were uh, sitting there politically over top of them because they were found themselves to be uh, overrun. And so it's this setting that uh, this happens that, again, we move from a time in this culture to Jerusalem. And again, you can see behind us for whoever set up the sanctuary did a great job of trying to give us uh, an accurate display of the manger. So you have the wise men over here. And again, we don't know if there's three. There were three gifts. but We don't know if there's three. So they could have been a whole lot more. But they're over here because they're two years away. And so over here is the manger scene. And today we find ourselves in Jerusalem. We find ourselves in Jerusalem uh, where we find things have gone awry. This is the capital city and yet it's been overtaken by the Romans again. And so we have uh, the people though within Jerusalem, uh, they call it the blind leading the blind. So people who don't understand and don't have an answer are leading people in what is just simply spiritual things. They don't, they're not, again, they're not looking for the savior as scripture talks about. And yet, God always keeps a remnant. There are always his people that are true. Always those people who are looking and waiting for Christ to return. And in the midst of that, we find in the temple one of those people. His name is Simeon. And so we find Simeon in the court of women. How do we know he's in the court of women? Because he meets Mary. Mary's not allowed past the court of women. And so Mary has come to fulfill the things required by the law. She's had Jesus circumcised on the eighth day. And now they've made the trip to Jerusalem to present Jesus before the priest to redeem him. Because the firstborn son of every family was given to the Lord. So they had to go and they had to redeem their firstborn son. But she also had to pay for her uncleanliness. And so they find themselves moving to Jerusalem and into the temple. And in the midst of this, they find Simeon. Now look with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to begin at verse 21 through 35. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus. And this is the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it was written in the law of the Lord. For every male who is first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. 
Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was a righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And as he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought into the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation And you prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people, Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, we come to a time where again becomes sometimes monotonous. We know the story. Though we've been having stores decorate since August for Christmas. We've had multiple Black Friday sales. The malls are filled to capacity. Amazon and UPS are busier than ever. And so, Father, allow us to, to pause, to take time to ponder, to take time to hope, to remember that this world is not the end. It's simply the beginning. But, Father, lead us to the truth of the gospel, fresh and new this morning, so that one might look to the second advent Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. So as we begin to unpack this passage, the first thing we're going to see is we're going to look at the character of Simeon. We're going to look at the character because there were some things about Simeon in verses 25 and 26 that the word tells us about him. And the first thing it says is that he was righteous. Simeon's name means God has heard but there are probably many people around with that name, Simeon. But this one that he talks about was someone where Jesus, or ultimately the Lord, was number one thing in his life. And the thing that it was said about this Simeon was that he was righteous. Now the question becomes, what does that mean that he was righteous? It could mean one of two things. It could mean that this is talking about justification. That Simeon found himself justified through the Messiah that he was waiting for. Even though he didn't know Christ until this moment, he longed for, he yearned, just as Abraham and Moses of the Old Testament yearned for the coming Messiah. And so in Christ, Simeon would have been justified. He could stand before God's presence justified because of the Messiah that he will simply hold in his hands in a few moments. Or it could talk about righteousness in regards to his daily walk, that he was a righteous man, that he walked daily in the Lord. He gave himself to the Lord. He praised the Lord. He looked for the coming of the Lord. 
Either way, we know that he was a righteous man. But it doesn't stop by just saying that he was righteous. He said he was also devout. Now, being devout means that we go to the inside and we ask the questions of where is his heart? Where would his heart have been in the midst of this time? And his heart would have been, again, yearning, longing after the things of the word. It would have been longing for the restoration of the kingdom the way that God had intended it. And it's said that as he was devout, he was someone that was controlled by the Spirit. Now, again, it doesn't mean that the Spirit wasn't working because we haven't had the the coming of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The Spirit was moving just the same way in the Old Testament was in the new way. It just comes in a unique way after Christ goes back to heaven. But the Holy Spirit is upon people. And so the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon at this time. And as Simeon was being led by the Spirit, he was a man who was looking. The word that it talks about in your scripture says he was waiting for the consolation. Now the consolation that's coming for Simeon is because, again, they're an oppressed people. They they are harassed by the people. And so most people, if they're looking for a Messiah, they're looking for a Messiah that's going to come and take care of them politically. Come bring someone that's going to take us out of the, the, under the, this hand of the oppressive Roman government. Set us free. And we get that, don't we? Don't you wish that you had all of your bills paid? Don't you wish that there is no more taxes? Don't you wish that your uh, 401 or 403 or whatever you might have is exploding? You can travel around the world. You don't have any cares or whatever. You don't have any concerns. Don't, if we're honest, we yearn for that a lot of times. And yet the, the reality was here was that Simeon wasn't looking just to be released from the oppression of the Romans. He was looking for the Messiah. He was looking for the Christ to come. The one who was going to do far better than take care of your taxes, far better than take care of your oppression. He was going to restore your relationship between you and God the Father. And so he's looking for him because here he says, my heart's not in this world. Because again, dead religion can't answer that. Because there's many people who are spiritual, who are trying to do spiritual things. That doesn't help. It's only in Christ can we find our fulfillment and forgiveness. It's not in politics. It doesn't matter what 2020 brings. They can't fix the things that are wrong. Only Christ can. And also, there's the hope for something better. Something more fulfilling than what is here. So Simeon is this man who was righteous, he was devout, and he's waiting for the Savior to come. Now the second thing that he has is he has confidence. Verses 27 through 28. And it says, and as he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do to him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said. Now, first of all, Simeon has something unique going on here, right? He had the Holy Spirit was upon him, and then he was told he was not going to die until he sees the Christ. Now, again, 
How many of you have ever had the Holy Spirit speak to you audibly and to tell you, you won't die until Jesus comes again? Now, think about that. That sounds really good, doesn't it? Don't you wish that God would speak audibly to you? Really? The people who had God speak to them audibly, a lot of them began to question it. They began to question, was this real? Is this this true? God, you promised this, but it's not happening the way I thought it was. Listen, we have to be honest that we have struggles. If we're honest, I think we struggle with God's promises. God, did you really say this? Did you really mean this? We also struggle with God's timing. Remember Noah, poor Noah, how long did he have to wait? A hundred years. Abraham and Sarah, how long did they wait? Twenty You get to the point where God makes these promises, but he doesn't tell you his time schedule. And we think that when he does do things, it's the wrong timing. God, I don't agree with you doing this. I don't agree with you bringing this into my life. I don't agree with how this thing's happening. I don't agree with this. And so we begin to to struggle. And, And so sometimes we think that the hope of the Bible is just wishful thinking. I I wish God, but that's not what the Bible says. It says faith is the assurance of things hoped for, which means we say we hope that the sun's going to come up tomorrow. It's an assurance. And that's what it says about God. God's promises are sure. So Simeon had confidence. He believed that God was going to do what he said he did. So it didn't matter how dark the situation becomes. And listen to me about this. Because it's easy to get our eyes to put upon this earth and to see how bleak things are. And how terrible it is. And all we have to do is turn on the TV. Read a newspaper. It's bleak. But there's always, listen, glorious hope. Glorious hope found in the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what happens. How did Simeon know to go to the temple on this day and that that child that was with Mary and Joseph was the child? Have you ever thought that if Jesus showed up in our welcome center, would you notice him? I mean, truly, would you notice him? Or did you come in today Just like any other Sunday, an ordinary day. Sure, we get to see people. We had a happy Thanksgiving for a lot of us. People are trying to still pawn off their leftover turkey. Relatives have come into town. Others have gone away for Thanksgiving. You're trying to catch up with friends. You're you're trying to, to see things, talk to people. But if Jesus showed up in our welcome center, would we have known? I would say yes, if you're a Christian. Why would I say that? Because the Holy Spirit knows Jesus. Listen, what happened to Mary and Martha? When Mary walks into the room, what happens to Martha's child? It leaps. And so there's a reality that as those who are led by the Spirit, we can have confidence to know that when Jesus comes back again, we'll know it.
And it should be a desire of ours like Simeon to yearn for it. So it doesn't matter about the ordinary days because ordinary days sometimes bring extraordinary things. So that's where Simeon finds himself, an ordinary day in the temple, the court of women. And he finds this young couple with this newborn child to come and redeem him. And he knows without a shadow of a doubt, this is the Christ. This is the one he's been longing for his whole life. So how does he respond to this child? He begins to sing. Simeon gives us a Christmas hymn. And how does he do this? He starts in verse 29 through 33. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. See, he begins to just bless God. He begins to sing out because he's been given what? Peace. Now just because he says, now I can depart, it doesn't, we're not told how long Simeon lives. A lot of people come to this passion, they think now he can just, he's gonna go out the next day and he's gonna die. We don't know that. He could live for many years. But we do know this, he's given peace because he has seen salvation. He's seen it. The reality of Christ, of God coming in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, is true. And he holds it in his arm and he says, you've come to bring salvation to all people. To all people. Now again, how does that make us respond? We should respond with worship. Which means that we should be singing the truth. Not just pop music. And I'm not again talking about tunes or what style of music you like. Whether you like the old hymns, whether you like the organ, whether you like um, the guitar and drums. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the truths of the word that you sing. Because it was bringing glory to God. It was blessing God. And so it's our opportunity to come and to sing truth. And it's our opportunity to open our hearts to God, to allow him to speak to us and allow us to begin to speak for all other people. And again, that's hard to do. Let's be honest. Christine and I were um, gifted a, a cruise for the sabbatical. And I found it was really hard to like people. It is. So you have this cruise, and so again, you're on the cruise. And for the most part, we had nice weather, and things were good, but people complain. And people complain about everything. I don't like these crab legs. They were too cold. You're eating crab legs that you didn't have to make. Complaining about desserts. People getting in front of each other. And just because you're old doesn't mean you get nice. Some of the worst offenders rode their little machines and were in wheelchairs. They had to be the first in line for those shows so that they could get the right seat. Not that I would ever do anything wrong on a cruise. 
But I too found myself trying to sit on an end seat. I wanted to be comfortable. But then people had to keep asking me to get up. Who are you? Go around. There's a whole other side. You know what? You know what scared me? How quick I became Jonah. God, I don't care if these people go to heaven. Because they're rude. And they're mean. And they're irritable. And I could care less about them. And we're in one of the worst times, aren't we? Did you find a parking spot at the mall? Or at the store? Were people so nice to let you in? find myself getting angry at the people who are driving the speed limit, but they're in the fast lane. That's why I never want to have church stickers. You think I'm kidding about that? The priest has gotten a call because holy name. People are driving, so he's getting calls. We used to go to places like Six Flags and stuff like that. What I used to do, if you get in trouble, we're from First Baptist and we're not from a Presbyterian church. Why is it so hard for us? And what's the answer? The answer is the gospel. Because the reality is, you are that jerk. You are the person who's inconsiderate and selfish. And you need a savior, just like they do. So we pray for forgiveness. And we ask God to forgive us then maybe our desire will be for the nations to come and sit in here and worship our God and Savior Jesus Christ with us. And so we go and worship. And then the last thing that Simeon does for this couple is he gives them words of blessing, but words of pain. Listen to verses 34 and 35. Behold, and Simeon blessed them, sorry, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. See, Simeon comes and he blesses them. He says, This child is going to do some incredible things. Jim read for us from Isaiah, and listen to what he does. He says, he does not judge by what his eyes see or decides disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and he'll decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he shall kill the wicked and righteousness shall be the belt of his weight and faithfulness, the belt of his loins. Then listen to what happens to this world. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. And the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together. And a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. Can you believe that? Do you believe that? That Jesus comes and he blesses us in such a way that one day, All things will be new. And he says, this is that child. 
And he's going to live a perfect life. He's going to do everything his father tells him to do perfectly. He fulfills the law. And because he does so, it allows him to go to the cross as that perfect ransom to pay our price. And as such, he pays the price of death. But he says, there's also going to be pain. Because he becomes the stone that people stumble over. They, they don't know what to do with a savior born of a virgin. To come and rescue them from sin. They'd rather have the political hero. He's also going to be the sign that's opposed. And he's also going to be the one who brings the sword to his mother's heart. Grief is a part of this world. Because this isn't the way it was supposed to be. So that's why Jesus comes in the first advent to begin to fix it. But it's why we should yearn for the second advent. When Jesus comes back and he makes all things new. Let me ask your application questions. Are you? Are we? People of character. When people talk about you, do they say that you are righteous, that you're devout, and that you're yearning for the return of Jesus Christ? Do we live in glorious hope, knowing for certain that God is faithful, and no matter how dark the world looks around us, we know his return is certain. He's in control, and he's good. And then do we worship God with all of our heart, seeking his glory and as we seek his glory then we learn to love one another this advent do you have hope do you have hope i pray that you do let's go to the lord in prayer heavenly father Like Simeon, Lord, we rejoice in knowing that Christ came. He came as the infant child, born under the law to fulfill the law, to kill the law on our behalf. And not only that, he gives to us his righteousness so that we might be found pure and holy and perfect in the eyes of God our Father. And so, Father, I pray that during this time we would be a congregation that goes out and invites people to church. But not just to church, Lord, that we would invite people into our homes. That we would get to know their lives, answer their questions, lead them to Christ. Father, that we would be a church that truly wants your kingdom to come. Lord, that our desire would be for you to receive all glory and honor this season. So, Father, continue to minister to us and through us the hope of this Advent season. For, Father, we look to that day where you don't come back as the infant, but you come back as the conquering king. Father, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Glory to God in the highest. And come, thou long-expected Jesus. This we pray in Christ's name.
And all God's people said,